This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. And welcome to The Blank Podcast, the podcast where we talk to well-known people about their lives, their careers, and any difficult moments along the way. I'm Giles Paley-Phillips, and here with me on what is our 150th episode is Jim Daly. Hello to you, Giles. Happy 150th episode. What yeah. a milestone. I know, massive milestone. Who'd have thought? Yeah. Back in it's... 2018, when we came up with this concept that we'd be 150 episodes down the line 150 great episodes yeah as well you know every single one of them is, is an absolute banger we keep getting we people do say tweeting so us ourselves. saying they are <laughs> people tweeting us saying i've just listened to episode 17 or listening to episode yeah. 35 and, and people are really getting you know enjoying them and picking bits out that that is relevant to them from every episode so yeah we 150 is a big big milestone um i know that we we were going to book the obamas for 100 and um it hasn't happened for 150. So I think maybe for two, for 200th episode, we'll get, yeah. we'll get the Obamas. Yeah, well, we'll get them on at some point. Maybe <laughs> yeah. Like. It's episode I mean, 150,000. I'm, um, I'm not even that fussed about. I mean, yeah, I, you know, to be honest, I'm not sure I'm that fussed about getting the Obamas on. No. They're, good. they're great. They'd be great. They'd I'm be sure great. They'd be great. They'd be great. But, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. Um, there are other people we can talk to. Yeah. Actually, to be fair, this week's, Oh my god! This week's episode is so good. Yeah, it's, it's funny because like, obviously you do a lot of the booking and plan episodes and stuff, but a lot of it sort of the stars align really for like milestone episodes. But for one fifty, we've got I think one of our best ever guests, certainly one of our most interesting, and mm. one of the most successful people in his field you could ever talk to. Um, so yeah, this this is going to be this is actually a perfect episode for one fifty. Yeah, it's a brilliant episode. It's with Biff Stannard, who's uh amazing songwriter and producer has produced i mean god i can't begin to go through the list of all the artists that he's worked with incredible roster i mean kylie minogue uh eddie goulding the spice girl i mean you know all the spice girls hits he were written and produced with him yeah uh e17 were always like kind of breakout kind of group yeah. but i mean he's worked with david gray he's worked with you five five um, yeah, yeah, yeah so I mean, obviously, the obviously, the powerhouse on. that was Alphabet. <laughs> Alphabet, which you sort of said to me, oh, don't, oh, I remember Alphabet, and I was thinking, I have no idea who Alphabet. Uh, like it was a, very, like a strange sort of Danish <laughs> electro band that um, oh, they were so good, of, but they yeah, were so good. And there's a great story. Oh, there's a great story in the. I think is it in the patron section. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll keep it in the patron. There's yeah. a great story about Alphabet. Because I bring this up at the end. Yeah, it is in the patron section. Um, that's a great story about them, which makes me love them even more. So don't forget to check out our patron section, patreon.com slash blank podcast, where we do extra content from all our guests. But there's some really good stuff yeah, from Biff, Biff this week. Yeah, and it's just such a brilliant episode. We talk about so many different things. Uh, obviously, Biff's early life and getting into music. We ask him about his first record, which is always interesting to find out what people's first records are. And yeah, and the difficulties he's had 
you know, with mental health and stuff, and then going into um, later life where he's had, you know, he had he started doing powerlifting and had a yeah a, a heart attack, you know. So he's, he's been through all sorts through his life, and then created some of the most iconic kind of British pop anthems. Yeah, you could say in in the last sort of twenty years. So yeah, an incredible individual and just a joy to talk to as well. Very well, yeah. wonderful energy, really you know charismatic and lovely and, and obviously he talks a lot about that relationship he has with the artist and that you yeah. know you could feel that that you know he likes to sort of carve out a story when they're creating um, music and, and albums and stuff and and that definitely comes across just a just a lovely person real mm. compassion you could feel coming through from him which actually is something he uses in or has used in his job yeah. and still does and you can see why why he makes those connections to the artist that that he works with, um, as you say, an incredible sort of just back catalogue of of hits and just a really fascinating person. And also, if you are sort of interested in the music industry and and, and producing and stuff like that, gives us a real sort of rundown of what a producer ju- does mm. and and sort of what they deal with. And it's it's very, very interesting peek into the music industry from someone that's basically owned the music industry for the last 30 years and been absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, brilliant episode. And I think a perfect a perfect guest for our 150th episode. What a brilliant segue into this week's tweets. Oh, nicely done. Very, I'd actually forgotten about the tweets. It's so long <laughs> about the podcast. Uh, yeah, tweets. Okay, I've got one here from uh, Richard Astill. Uh, Hi, Richard. Richard says, Hello, Richard. Uh, a diving into the blank pod archives with Giles and Jim. Listening to some outstanding episodes. Here we go, Giles. I've got four for you here. Okay. This is, this is a dinner table. This is a dinner party guest list. Here okay. we go. Uh, Gnev. Gary Neville. Yeah. Mentioned earlier, great. Louis Theroux. Oh, yeah. I think they get on well, those two. David Harbour. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then, actually one of my favourite people, Paul Pilot. Oi! Some heavy hitters in there. Oh, no. That'd be a great dinner party. Would be great. Would be great. What a fantastic dinner party. You've got music covered, football covered, acting. And then Louis can ask the questions. I mean, what more do you want? It's going to be a lot of testosterone as well, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. And then with you and me, of course, even more testosterone. Yeah. That's fantastic. What a great selection of guests. And um, thank you so much for listening. I mean, it's lovely. Honestly, it's been amazing, actually. Recent, a lot of recent messages have been from people that are kind of almost starting back at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, which yeah, is yeah. great. You know, it's lovely that people are going back and... And listening through, and you can kind of hear the passage of time over the last few years. Obviously, a lot's happened, uh, but hopefully, these you know a lot of the conversations are fairly timeless as well. So that's nice. I've got some messages here from Castbox. I've gone on to Castbox where we get lots of Ooh. lovely comments um, from people. So I don't know if anyone uses Castbox. It's um, my preferred podcast platform to use i've got one here from cornish darren who's a good friend of the pod oh yeah 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 he's been attended our um our very now now infamous blank (laughs) quiz yeah um, which he often messages about (laughs) once another one so yeah maybe at some point in time we'll do another one blank is life-affirming podcast that never fails to provide me with an uplift every tuesday that's very nice Wow, that's um, very nice. I've got one here from Lorraine Bridges. She said, the show with Louis Farouk is an absolute cracker. Very funny. And I'm going to read another one because we're on a roll here. One from Kerry Fleming. She said, brilliant podcast. Love Mark Gatiss. League of Gentlemen is the best television oh. ever made. So that was that going back again as well. Another uh, another old episode with Mark Gatiss, which was a fantastic one as well. 
Well, you can actually listen to We've done an episode with all of the League of Gentlemen and we've done one all together on a very long episode. So if you want to listen to all of them, uh, yes. I think that episode's about six months old now, but uh, check that one out as well because, uh, yeah, fantastic stuff. We've got, just very lucky we've got a full house. Yeah, we have. Yeah, it's been fantastic. And uh, yes, yeah, so there's a there's an epic four hour plus episode that you can listen to or you can listen to them separately. Absolutely. Depending on you know what you're doing, yeah. whether you're you know driving or walking the dog. If you're walking the dog for four hours, maybe get a new dog. I don't know. That's wrong <laughs> it's a lot of do- lot of walking. <laughs> um, shall we crack on with this week's episode? I think we should. We've peaked, um, we've piqued people's interest for long enough. We've chatted. So what we've done there, I think we're gonna we're gonna some, save some of that chat about the the one fifty look back for our patrons. So if you're yeah. a patron, um, I'm sorry you've just listened to us waffle for so long. But if you want to hear a bit more from us and a bit more from our guest. Uh, Biff Co today. Do sign up to our patron at patreon.com forward slash blank podcast uh, for a little bit of extra content. Uh, but Charles, would you do the honours this week? So here is Biff Stannard on the blank podcast. Well, the first thing I wanted to ask, which is what I always ask when I meet someone who's either worked in the music industry or is is a musician, is what was your first record? The first record I bought? Yeah, or the first, first record, record you bought. That I personally bought. Yeah, what you personally Because I think it's interesting because we get bought stuff. It might yeah. not necessarily be the thing no. that you wanted. Well, I'm not, I don't subscribe to, I mean, some people, I, I'm very doubtful because some people, they, they say, oh yeah, it was T-Rex or it was yeah. Bowie. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was a Devilgate Drive by Susie Quattro. Oh, wow. Well, that is a, that's a, that's a that's nice choice. I think that's decent. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, a good pop song. And I, I just think, I, I don't, I think, yeah, I can't remember how old I was. I was very young. I think it was, I think it was like thirty nine p or something from Woolworths vinyl. Oh and man, it, that's the days. Yeah, <laughs> and it was on Columbia, and it was an orange. So yeah, I remember everything, even then, by the color of the labels and stuff. So yeah, a great record that. that yeah, was the first one I, I saved that's up strong. and bought. Yeah, my first, on. my first record was. Um, which I'm not embarrassed to say was "Dead or Alive." You spin me around like a record. <sighs> that's see, that's a really good one. <laughs> yeah. I do believe you, but that is a really good no. It was, it was, that <laughs> honestly was my first record. Um, That's an amazing. We had we had a Woolworths in town, but we also had uh, a Duns, which was a like a bookshop. Oh yeah. But upstairs they had the record shop, and they would do five singles, five seven inches for a pound. And me and my mate, oh, me and my dude. mate Damien, we were desperate to be. Uh, like disco DJs, so yeah. we at the local youth club, we used to, we just used to buy loads of these. Like, I mean, we it was really eclectic. I mean, we play, we turn up and we do these um, sets at the Yofu Youth Club. No one knew any of the songs because, like, they were really obscure. <laughs> You're too cool. <laughs> too cool for school. Yeah, because um, they were because they were in the the five for a pound. It was all like, I guess yeah, it was I stuff that those. maybe hadn't charted. Um, yeah, it's probably stuff discounted <laughs> stuff, but I bet it smelled amazing. I bet you yeah. can smell but that, the smell of vinyl. I know everyone says that, but yeah. the smell of buying records and sniffing the, your, your Smiths album in the bag on the way home on the bus oh, and all amazing. those things. Yeah. Like, we've all done that. Yeah, mate. What yeah, about you, Jim? Me. What was your first? Well, oh, I got record. a question for you actually, Charles. What was mm. your DJ name? Uh, uh, I think we were just. It was. <laughs> it was very. It was just <laughs> Damien and Giles, I think, which is. You know, okay. it's not okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. I, we we weren't going to get many bookings for that name, were we? <laughs> uh, I I like it. I'd book you. I'd yeah. Book you. <laughs> what was the first record I bought? I think it was, um, 
Supernaturals, which has come up a lot. Oh, again, I think it was just yeah. Supernaturals, their first album, which was called "Oh, It Doesn't Matter Anymore" or something like that. So, well, I'm yeah. wondering, dude, because nice. you're a little bit younger than us. Uh, I, I, whether clearly. singles, where singles, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, singles weren't such so much of a thing, maybe they were. Um, you could get a good single at like our price or Woolworths for like 99p, I think they were at the time. Yeah. And I remember I bought my best mate Callum an Oasis single for his birthday, and then he told me he didn't like Oasis when I gave it to him, <laughs> he was too cool for Oasis. Oh dear! So I really was he more of a Blur it. fan then? Maybe I think he was too cool for any anything. Yeah. Really, was, one, yeah. of yeah, yeah, one of those. You're one of those. Yeah, Thank, mm. we're still friends now, thankfully. But I really jeopardised potential friendship. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Super Shaker. Super Shaker. I think was that right? Quite a good song. Um, I I had a bad track record with singles. I would buy I would buy a lot of really crap singles. So I'd I'd sort of hear someone on the radio. I remember once I bought one and it was oh god it was like. The band was called Something Dubstep Something, and they had this really annoying earwormy single thing. And my well, mum. I'm easy now because I remixed them, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and, and actually, look, you might say, but the next hour or so, you might be slipping up, Jim, because you might go, oh, I hated that. And I'd be just like, um... oh, no, yeah, that's what I'm I think it was. I think it was actually a seminal sound of the 90s, actually, now, the more I think about it. Yeah. Brilliant production on it. Was it. Did you say Dubstep or Dubstar? Because there was a great band called Dubstar. There was a great them? band called Dubstar. Mm-hmm. I remember this them, wasn't yeah. Dubstar. This wasn't. A I worked with was... Dubstar. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this was something Dubstep. I'm going to try to Google it during the rest of the episode. Um, <laughs> but I was better at albums. I think Supernaturals. I was quite proud of actually. That's a good uh, one. Yeah. That's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. My first, okay. first, the first album I bought was um, the um, Saturday Night Fever double album. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I run the I run the record club at school. I started early, so <laughs> I, I got so uh, the first year, so the first year of comp school, I was um, always in the music block, and they had a thing called it was we had these three rooms, the little sort of uh, Beethoven, Schubert, and so what was the other one, Mozart or something, the little rooms, and one of them I, I they wanted somebody to run the vinyl record club, and you'd pay, you'd walk in and you'd fill out a form, and you'd say what you wanted. You'd take about two or three weeks to come. <laughs> to arrive and then you pay your 4.99 or whatever but for every 10 that i sold you tick a box i got a free record so i was like this oh, is bizarre nice. yeah right okay so straight away i was and the, the first thing i thought of, I, I really wanted it plus it was expensive it was a double album wasn't it and it was expensive i think it was like 8.99 or something and that was the first one i got and i can remember just holding it and just thinking and to this day, it's, I think it's recently the third, still the third biggest selling album of all time. Wow. Or something. It Whoa. still sells half a million a year or something. I think it's one of the, That's phenomenal, the biggest. Isn't it? Yeah, I think I think it may have even outsold Body. I think Bodyguard overtook it, but I think it's come back since and gone past. But something like over 30 million. Do you know what? It's Whoa. really funny because I, ca- I over Christmas, I, one of my sons had his mate over. They were playing video games. And... Mm. um my youngest son he's really got into like making playlists on Spotify so I went into their room yeah. they're both playing like Fortnite or something shooting people yeah. and in the background Staying Alive's playing <laughs> <laughs> and I thought well yeah the idea of them shooting people but also like they just love that song like it's it, it it's seems to record. be transcending generations it's time, it really does yeah. yeah and so beautifully recorded and yeah. the way that that record was made so I, I, yeah so that was my first album that I bought and um, 
yeah, that kind of influence. And then it was then it was Bowie, and then like everyone that does what I do, you 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 find Bowie, oh, and then that's yeah. it. You're off. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. It's just you're starting. Away. It's literally your foundation of everything going forward for me, and wow. so many of my peers. Yeah. So was was when you were that age, obviously younger. Was it was it listening to music? Did you start learning an instrument? Was what how how did music kind of ingrain itself? Did you have a musical yeah. family? Was that was music no, part of your home life? So we can go there. Uh, so a uh, home life was really difficult for me. Um, my mum was really musical. So I grew up in a, there was a lot of music around the house. So I had my mum that was into her crooners. So I had, so I had Nat King Cole and I had Frank Sinatra and all the, everything you'd imagine. And then I've got older sisters. So I'm like the youngest of four, but there's a really big gap with my older sisters mm. and they were into ABBA and disco and uh-huh the doolies and all this like really over the top kind of pop stuff and then my brother who's two years older was a punk right i was actually a roadie as well he roadied for the clash and oh wow everything right up to like big country and stuff so i was living in a house where you'd have so downstairs you would hear like roger whittaker (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, and then my sisters who by then had moved out but they'd be around and they'd be playing like abba and super Tri- or whatever and then my brother would be playing like um Susie or Poly- Polystyrene or the Ruts or something or something oh. like you know, he was like proper into like cool punk as well yeah yeah like, say the Ruts <laughs> are quite full-on Ruts were amazing weren't mm, they and the yeah. Zillows and all this and so I was I was really into that it's like one of those big nightclubs where you got different rooms with like different it was a bit like, it, was, it was a bit like that so all this was going on but I had the, I had this really awful relationship with my dad abusive relationship with my dad where he was super Victorian and very oppressive Mm -hmm. so it was kind of all hidden so all my discovery of music was was with headphones on actually right and 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 in that classic way of 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 escapism yeah it it was listening to stuff and it was pretending in my head pretending to be bowie or pretending to be craft work with a cornflake box or (laughs) it was all these things and everything and even like the posters of people that i liked you couldn't put posters up so I'd have them inside the cupboards of my bedroom oh, thing. Right. And then when he was around, wow. he'd shut them quickly. So I had like Michael Jackson inside one. I had Bowie with the cigarette, the classic, you know, Bowie um, low album thing. I think for some random reason, I had um, Sheena Easton. I had a weird crush on Sheena Easton. <laughs> I don't know what went, something went wrong. But I had <laughs> Sheena Easton. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so it was, it was around, but, but not when he was around. Mm. So it became my, um, I'm sure you've had this of a lot of guests. It became my, it was what I just escaped. Yeah. yeah. So I had these huge Hitachi big silver headphones on full blast. I mean, my ears are completely fucked. <laughs> I'm really proud of that. Yeah. I'm really I'm proud of that. Fact. Really loud. And I would, and then all this stuff was going on and it was abusive and it was mental and physical. It was pretty awful. Yeah. And, um, but I, I was that kid kind of, huddled up with the headphones really loud happy as larry because i was listening to that elo or something mm. and, and bowie and then bowie became like my soulmate. yeah so many people say it but yeah i was devastated when he, i was truly mourning the day he died i grieved for about six months it was yeah and it's because i felt at that age i was he was he was making music just for me which is yeah. which is what the great great artists do don't they yeah. so i i i I owe him so much, really, because he got me through a lot of stuff. So that was um, took a turn, guys. Sorry, but no, no, not that, at all. No, no. It's fine. That's, that's um, 
that's how it all started for me. So a very intimate relationship with, with music I loved in a safe space in my head, the safe yeah. place in my head. Um, I was going to say that, yeah, music mm. became a safe space for you. And I guess it still especially is, especially the physical of having the headphones, because I think a lot of yeah. people would have been able or allowed to listen to music on a record player or, or whatever. Oh, no. But the fact yeah. you had it on the headphones meant it was your yeah. little world, intimate, world a proper intimate yeah, yeah. for you. Yeah, I mean, I come from where you couldn't talk at the dinner table. I mean, I'm not that old. This was in the 70s, and you couldn't even raise your voice or speak at the dinner. Wow. It was that strict. So so you can imagine then I've got, you know, full blast with, I don't know, just trying to randomly think of a record. Um, I don't know, like The Clash, like full yeah. on. You can imagine how that mayhem felt and how soothing that felt with the, the rest of the stuff going on. I, have my, I was having a party in my head, basically. Yeah. To, to avoid all the shit going on did, so yeah, yeah. Did, you, did your siblings have a similar experience as well one did mm. and she's interestingly she's the other high achiever yeah my, right. one of my sisters oh, i don't know whether that's a common thing yeah but yeah. there's four of us that, um uh a brother that's a bit like my dad um another sister that's kind of neutral i guess and another my other sister's very similar to me in a lot of ways and went on because it's like when you leave i left home at 16 and mm. it's like you escape and you have this weird thing that you want to you i mean i thank him now because it it, it made me really driven mm. and she's you know since said the same to me it really drives you to to, to succeed because you're like fuck you i'm gonna do mm. something with my life yeah. i mean you go one or two ways i guess yeah yeah we were we were lucky that that um we were motivated to prove to ourselves that we could be something you know because his main thing was always putting us down, always yeah. making us feel worthless. So me and Sandra, my sister, we were like, no, no, we, we, they're not going to be like that. So interestingly, the two of us that got the real shit are quite, and also quite happy sort of people as well and in strong relationships. And yeah. it's interesting, isn't it? Um, but uh, yeah, the foundations of um, what I do now and why I've been doing, I'm making music for 30 years are definitely down. I, I kind of almost thank him now which is quite yeah. perverse <laughs> but like I, I kind of thank him because if he hadn't have been how he was I wouldn't have been so driven and I wouldn't have been so obsessive with my passions I don't think I was gonna say it always sound mm. like a bit a bit of a rebellion then for you that was yeah doing music listening to music and then going mm. on to do music and whatever and having yeah your headphones was your way yeah. of rebelling and saying f you yeah. you know this is oh me. yeah yeah and the more successful i got the, the more successful i got the more he didn't acknowledge it so i was like winning like ivan novellas and stuff like that and he never said he was proud of me never oh. said well done I mean, he may have said you were lucky to meet this person you wrote it with assuming that because he just assumed they did it yeah. it was all this kind of do you know what i mean and yeah so, I, I hear you yeah, and, yeah and, after, you and you have therapy and you have all this stuff and in the end you just think oh, i'm over you anyway mate but but and you just feel sorry for them but um but yeah it was definitely rebellion yeah. <laughs> definitely rebellion not necessarily the genre of the music but the fact that i had this it's like a superpower yeah and I, was, I, I was writing lyrics by then as well i, was, I wrote my first song at six so i was oh, doing wow stuff. really you were oh yeah 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 Amazing. yeah so I, was yeah, it on I, a keyboard I, did you have a keyboard was it um it was on the, i had this funny little sort of plastic keyboard thing yeah, casio type sort of thing was it yeah yeah i think it was like <laughs> yeah Yamaha or something tomy or something like a really oh okay well, I'm really young. Thing, like yeah. a proper yeah proper kiddie one wow. and i wrote this song and it was and it was um it was called chalk ice and chips 
And, uh, <laughs> I want to hear it already. Uh, no, I mean, I mean you know, if I sung it, I'd probably cry because it makes me think yeah. of my mum. And um, yeah. I used to sing it to her. And uh, my mum, I'm an East End boy, so excuse, well, not excuse them, but you're going to hear some good names. So yeah, yeah. my mum, my mum's Joyce Peggy and my auntie Dolly. Um, they, they, yeah, they, they were, the, they noticed when I was really young as well. So, um, my mum noticed, it's quite B. Elliot really. My mum noticed and, um, kind of secretly got me piano lessons and stuff without him knowing and, and stuff like that. So I, I, I owe her a lot really. Yeah. So she, yeah. she, she, I think she noticed, she was like, no, he's not, that's, he's a, no, he's not like the other three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she, and she, she really, she, bless her, she really, she really encouraged it. So, I was, I was having secret piano lessons and and a few things without anyone knowing. Brothers and said no one. She was just paying for stuff. Wow. For major stuff. So I kind of play yeah. everything really badly. Like I'm not a producer, so I'm not like a, <laughs> I can't just, I can't just jam on a thing, but I can <laughs> chunk away at everything and make it work, which I yeah. think. A songwriter is quite a good thing because I think if you're too good a musician, unless you're Prince, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the one exception, you kind of get too like, oh, you, you think you overthink the technique and the musicality too much. So it goes so from, true, you're up here rather than here, yeah. So I, I kind of bash away everything and, and just go from the, my emotions and how I'm feeling really when I write. That is such firstly, that makes me feel so much better about the fact that I can't really play an instrument that well, but I can sort yeah. of do them all a bit okay, like, a, like, a, like oh, an yeah. all-rounder. That's that like, for me. That you'd be, yeah, you'd yeah. be shocked. If you look at some of the great careers, like Elvis Costello, all his best songs are before he could play guitar properly because oh, really? you're limited, because he's limited to the chords, so you just make the most of what you can do. Yeah. Just, and so I, I think there's so many amazing artists that were way better before they became better players. Because oh, because you you're just doing yeah. bar chords and you're sticking to the basics. Yeah. So instead of going, oh, I could go. Radiohead's another one. I think as they got better, I mean they're still an amazing band, but yeah. they're they're, 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 they're the songs that are in my genre, which is pop and the three and a half minute pop song. They wrote their best stuff when they were slightly more naive as players, you know. So you can look at lots of incredible artists and. So don't yeah no don't stress about that. Just, <laughs> yeah, any, any, literally anybody can write a song. It's not about. But that's quite good. I mean, I feel so much better. But um, <laughs> that is that is quite good advice for I think creativity in yeah. general. Don't overthink yeah. it. Mm. And you know, yeah. you, you literally just pointed to from your head to your heart, and I think like that's such a good way of all if you me. can feel it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. If you can mm. sort of feel it, just go with it and don't overthink yeah. it, and then you'll probably yeah. get something half decent at the end of it. Yeah, it's like painting, isn't it? Some of the base, greatest painters ever, they can't draw hands with pencil. Do you know Francis Bacon couldn't paint hands? <laughs> He's the greatest art, me, the greatest painter of all time. So, uh, and he he definitely came from the heart, didn't he? I um, that's interesting. Yeah. I think we consume it here as well in the heart. I think that's where you yeah. feel it. Music, I feel it in my yeah. heart. I feel it in my gut. I feel it in my yeah. spine. You know, it's yeah. not. It's I, I don't feel it, it up takes here. Over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No. yeah. The only time it's up here is when you're trying to remember names and people. Yeah, and people exactly. You've heard. Yeah. Or people yeah, exactly. I've, I've, I've been doing it 30 years. And I still have now and people in the music industry. They're literally like my best friend. I'm like, I haven't got a fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> because, because I'm here all the time. I'm not up. I'm up here. Yeah. And then, and interestingly, with, with, with the music industry and being a writer producer like me, the easiest bit is writing the songs. Um, the easy bit is sitting with somebody because we speak the same language, you're sitting with mm. another writer, an artist, you're speaking the same language. So that's easy in a sense. The other shit, 
mm. management lawyers um, oh, yeah, yeah. egos and 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 even power plays and stuff like that that's when you that's when it gets difficult and i'm not very good at that so i have fortunately i have good management and mm. accountants that look after me but but uh yeah i try not to go here at all really yeah <laughs> not not very safe up here i'm much happier <laughs> <laughs> I was pointing to my head and heart, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I could be pointing there. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. wonderful story about your mum, though, like giving you yeah, that uh, and being. Are we, uh, it's a th- another thing that comes up quite a lot on the podcast is mentors and people that yeah uh, who, who are, are, are supportive of of your mm. journey, you know, and and yeah. even if it's in a small way, but obviously that was a, that had a big impact on you. Yeah, um, Huge, a, yeah. yeah, amazing that um, you had that. And, uh, and also that it was your thing with her, wasn't it? As well as it was your thing. Yeah, it, it was. It was our thing together. Yeah. And she and she um she died last year actually. So it, it was uh, uh interesting when we were my my dad died about I can't remember when he died six or seven years ago. I, we were quite emotionless really. Me and mm. my sister and a few of us. It yeah. was a small. It was a small gathering, and uh, I was just sitting there out of duty really. And I was sitting with her because she was she was very upset, and she just. <laughs> Typical, my mum. She just leaned over and she said, "You'll be bawling your eyes out at my funeral. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be in absolute bits at my funeral." I'm just like, you know, trying to be, trying to behave and just. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> so, bless her. She, so she passed away at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, '91, and um, and one one of my songs was uh, "Mama" by the Spice Girls of was course, was yeah, the yeah. song that she picked. Yeah. And wow. Yeah, I can't begin to describe that one. And other than it's really fucking long. <laughs> Why did they do that chorus and add that gospel choir at the end? I thought I'm gonna, I thought I'm going to deal with this. This is going to be sad, but also an incredibly not a beautiful moment for me, even mm-hmm. though it's sad, like a beautiful sadness. Yeah. And I thought, my God. And so they played the song, and I thought, I just just drop your shoulders and just relax and everything. And halfway through, I'm just I'm, I start criticizing the record. I'm like, <laughs> I shouldn't have done that because I detached from the, the grief of it. I guess. Yeah. yeah. And I and I was just like, why did they do that with that? And why did she thing? And at the end, I was just thinking, it's too long. This song's way too long. <laughs> and it felt like it went on for about half an hour. And then and then people were looking at me as well because it was that time when there was only. Um, six of us, seven of us allowed oh, the yeah. home roles. So it was just, yeah. it was just, it was just siblings, which I, I quite liked in the end because it didn't mean you had to do all that shaking hands and hugging yeah. people you don't really know things. It was just us, and uh, so that, and and I did cry my eyes out of that. So she was right. Yeah, it was. It's a very powerful thing, isn't it? It's, um, it's, it was very nineties, wasn't it, to make songs go on long? Like I'm sure, the few key oh, changes in there. Like, few changes. I mean, yeah. I always had a thing about no, nobody fades out anymore. Do that. Yeah. I mean, I used to love a good fade. <laughs> yeah. A good fade because if there's a really interesting sound as well, you do the fade, and just before yeah. you got the fade, you go whoop with the interesting yeah. sound. Yeah, and yeah. I, I I obsess on great fades of records yeah. and also great intros that people. You just have to start now. So many yeah. songs are. It's gone. I always would quote the three and a half minute pop song, which is the classic. Max Martin hit me, baby, one more. I mean, so many great songs are, are that. Yeah. It's two minutes, two minutes ten now. It's, it's yeah. dropped out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks to TikTok and social media, it's, it's a minute's been chopped off like that. So wow. that's why sometimes you start with the chorus with your hook or your your earworm straight away to, because yeah, yeah. people's attention spans completely changed. But back in the day, I mean, even the Smiths used to fade in, didn't they? Sometimes they did. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a, there's some great songs that fade in. No one fades in or out. 
Well, there's some do, but we're gonna get we're gonna get to a stage where pop songs are like nineties. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah in the year, like a, in the year 2040 they'll be like yeah it'll be like 30 seconds yeah yeah <laughs> you have you have it justin bieber song will be about 220 and he'll be you know, he's the biggest artist in the world it's wow it's it's, it's incredible oh, yeah that, that, that makes it, me it, sad it, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you get it right it can feel longer yeah, yeah. you know what i mean if you can get so i guess there's an art and a craft to that as well and some of these younger people doing it are really good at it but it is a, it does make me sad because there yeah. should be that artistic license to make yeah. something a minute long or eight minutes long, shouldn't they, really? Yeah. You should just do what feels right. But the but people aren't restricted by the LP, are they? Because no. now it can be as long as you want and the, your playlist. So your son's probably not obsessed with an album. So whatever his favourite band is, yeah, his album is his version of it on Spotify. Isn't yeah, it? absolutely. You won't yeah. say, oh, this is my favourite. What's his favourite band? I don't know. What, what does he like? He likes all sorts. I mean, oh, really eclectic. Yeah, it's okay, really so eclectic. Say, say it's Rihanna. So say like, oh, okay, this is my this is my favorite Rihanna album. And it won't be one of her albums she's released. It will be his favorite twenty seven songs of hers. Yeah, yeah. And that's where it's really changed. Where maybe even you, Jim, we think of music as an album, yeah. as a body of work. For so many younger people, it's just their selection on a playlist. That's yeah. the album. Well, I've moved that way to be honest. To be honest, I, like, too. I, I yeah. grew up definitely buying albums, and then you'd listen to an album, you think, I can see what I put that song there, or they're building up yeah. something, and you could see yeah. there was a structure to an yeah. album. It's a brilliant like concept albums and stuff. You'd really, yeah. it's like a work of art, essentially. Yeah, um, yeah, if you got it right. But also, you could hear something you think, I've never liked that song, so yeah. now you can just delete it, or yeah. you can put that one earlier that's on. A filler. So that's <laughs> yeah. a filler. You could just get rid of that now and oh. put something, a B side, or, or a remix that you like, or something in there yeah. instead, can't you? So, the day you have to hit, the hit fast forward on your tape on your tape so annoying. <laughs> fast forward yeah. so annoying. Don't like or just, it. Or just the... lift the thing and try and get yeah, it on exactly. the beginning exactly. of the yeah. we've all got <laughs> albums that, you know there's very few albums you, you go all the way through so i suppose it's a good thing but it, it's for me for, for doing it for 32 33 years you have to change you just adapt i guess really. but you're but i guess you for and from a writing point of view you're writing in a different obviously for a different generation so you're but you're mm. writing a different way you're maybe not writing it as a this is going to be a great album track this is good it's got to be a, a, a killer single um depends who i'm writing with if i'm writing with um artists i have with uh, so for kylie i've been writing with for over 20 years and she thinks of things conceptually so she'll be thinking of she'll be thinking of the album but she'll be thinking of the tour what she's going to do with it visually and how, wow. so she will be thinking of and not just an album of as a whole body of work to be presented to her fan base but then i work with a younger artist and they're just they, they just want that quick they yeah. just want sort of that hit or that they want that thing that's going to get on the radio and get them noticed and get them the likes and the and do you see what i mean it's mm. so that it's different and i'm lucky that i work with all sorts like i, I work with heritage artists artists and and really young up-and-coming ones which i love doing um yeah so it is changing yeah when Charles said all sorts earlier i thought that was a band i'd missed out on <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't remember them it probably has been Were they good? All, all saints no so from obviously you left you said you left home at 16 what was the what, yeah what was the plan then did you have one streets are paved with gold i mean yeah. i was it was it, it was literally it was an exciting time because it was the early 80s so music was Everyone says that, that when they're at that age, but music was truly really exciting because it was changing. Everything was changing every six months. It was yeah. we come out of punk and and stuff, and then there was new new wave, and then mm -hmm. there was 
and then so much stuff um stuff was going on so you could be like into the, and then there were so many tribes it wasn't just two or three like now there were all sorts of tribes and all different ways you do your hair and stuff so i was just suddenly i moved to well got on the train and went to london and ended up in a in a squat in crouch end crouch end but you know, it makes me laugh because it was rough then <laughs> yeah I think yeah, it's it a little nice bit different now, now. yeah mate, mate i swear i swear the uh the house that i was uh, in this squat in now and i dread to think how many millions it probably costs yeah. now but i was just in this this damp room with two others and um yeah we, we were squatting i did that for a year and just did whatever i could to, to make money and i'd come out by then as well i was literally to my mum and dad's like i'm gay bye went out the door <laughs> <laughs> i dropped that bombshell <laughs> like, yeah. one those ones where you want the drama and the thing yeah. it was like a, they knew anyway but 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 it was just like yeah bye and, my uh, brother was a bit like that he just yeah he just said i, I thought you i just assumed you knew you know <laughs> yeah yeah I, I love this new way that a lot of young people do it on a cake have you seen this thing oh well like no. a, have a coming There's out a, party yeah kind of yeah you 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 bake a cake um you can see quite a lot of them online and i would cry my eyes out when i see them you sort of bake a cake for your for someone you love or your mom or your dad and you and you sort of ice that you're going oh, and something and yeah it's like yeah. A, a, kind of a thing yeah because you can't uh, be angry if someone's given you a cake <laughs> no, it's exactly. a real, it's, the, the, the psychology of it's really interesting you know, yeah the psychology but my mum said she knew when i was four and i was like no that's you you didn't and she goes i did you because you came around to dolly's and you <laughs> you walked into the front room and you was she said i hadn't even noticed but you were the only one that noticed that dolly had new curtains in her house. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, and she said, she said they they looked at each other and they did that sort of like, mm, okay. yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lovely East End thing, you know, like, yeah. you know, and uh, and she uh, clearly she was right, and uh, so yeah, and then when I told her, she yeah, there was a there was um a, this, still a friend of mine, um, a gay guy opposite, quite effeminate, lovely guy called Terry, who was a friend of mine. And she, for a while, my mum could never say the word gay. She didn't yet, but yeah. she used to say Terry like it was a verb. So, so when <laughs> was, so when I told her properly, I said like, you know, I'm like Terry, and um, so that was the word for it for a long time. So if she ever met a partner or someone I was seeing or a friend of mine that was obviously gay, she was like, "Do you like Terry?" I'm like, "He's like Terry, mum." It's like friend of Dorothy. That's yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it was like yeah. our own. It was like our own version of friend of Dorothy. Yeah. And oh. funny enough, uh, yeah. And at, and at my wedding, um, I kind of I said I said I, I felt I met the best Terry ever. So I kind of told the oh, story, and then yeah, yeah. the Terry thing became a, the narrative of the speech I did. Oh, and uh, she found it. Yeah, it was really moving. And um, yeah, so so that was another reason I left as well because yeah. obviously my my dad wasn't overly happy about that. Mm. Um, oh God yeah so that was difficult so i had all this kind of stuff going on but i had this confidence i just had this confidence that i just knew i don't know whether people say this to you guys a lot either i kind of weirdly just knew i'd do all right i don't yeah. i've always had it always had it from a really really young age i don't know whether that is a thing for from abusive childhoods or stuff but i just knew if i could get out i'd be all right so I was in this squat and I, I thought I knew I wanted to do music and I was scribbling lyrics and that was the dream. I didn't know how I'd get it, I just, but I just thought if I go to the right clubs and hang out with the right people, eventually mm. I might figure something out. Uh, but the route I got there was, was um, I, I mean, looking back now, 
I mean, I did escorting and every all this kind of stuff. And mm. after watching It's a Sin recently mm. and working with Ollie at the same time, who started it, um, and he said to me, "Don't don't watch it all in one go." And I was why why? And he said, "Well, mm. you know, my character is the same age you were at that time. Just just go easy on it." I was like, "No, I'll be fine. I can't wait to see it. I love you and everything." Got to episode three, I think, and then yeah. was just completely flawed and yeah. distraught by it. And um, yeah, I just can't believe that I got through that because for me, this is the second pandemic, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. um it's so i got i got through that safely i don't know how but um yeah so i was doing escorting i'm not going to say rent boy <laughs> but uh but i was a, a young pretty thing um with ambition and just needed money and mm, i needed yeah. to to get out of the squat and i needed to, to have the life i dreamed of um again it's something that i'm not ashamed of it's, it was just like something i had to do, I, I, felt yeah. I had to do at the time yeah. so I, I did that and funny enough, without I can't the certain names I can't mention, but certain famous people I met via the, that as well. Yeah. Um, that led, led me to my first break. So via something that you think, oh, that's a little bit unsafe and perhaps seedy, I got mm. my break. Wow. So through through a friend of a friend that knew someone that 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 got me in. So I think five, six years after leaving home, I, I made my first I think first remix and record and it all started to go yeah so yeah. It, was, it was an interesting time <laughs> yeah but you 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 did what you had to do as you were saying yeah. and i actually yeah. listening to you i can hear that you've got a real inner strength inside of you and it's very interesting yeah. you saying i knew i'd be okay because yeah. oh, as you say yeah. that that was a very uncertain time and the things yeah. you were doing you know could have been dangerous but yeah, i'm well, listening yeah. and hearing a real strength inside of you well this is the thing this is the this is the thing because when you're young and you're you're um beaten and stuff like that you're not fucking scared of anything mm. you're not scared of anything when you're older if you've been through that when you're like five you're not scared of anything so i'm in some way i'm kind of fearless so if i'm out which is very rare at the moment and not not that often but i'm that i'm that first person to stop a fight if it happens or the first person i mean i have all kinds of fears and phobias but when it comes to conflict and and stuff that other people might like i'm the first person in there to stop it and so because i'm just just not scared of anything yeah. and i think that's why i'm not i'm not scared to sit in the room with madonna i mean i remember being really god 21 22 and i was having dinner with the pet shop boys seal trevor horn wow. brian adams blah 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 because i was i was seeing tom watkins by this time he was the, my partner mm. he was the manager of the pet shop boys and broths mm. and all this stuff and um and just being fine was never intimidated by famous people ever sports wow. stars i lose my shit but <laughs> <laughs> i met just joe marlon recently i did a thing with him and i was just completely like, <laughs> and he was like you know all these famous people i'm like yeah like, <laughs> like, Ingham. so yeah okay. so i meet the sports stars and the old actor i met but 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 you know not intimidated by it so i think that helps yeah because you're like we've got a job to do I'm not yeah. remotely impressed that, that you're this whatever, that you've got this ego. So I deal with egos quite I can get in and pass them and win them over really easily. That is a skill. That is that's a life skill I know I've mm. definitely got. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can get in there and, and I can um before you know it, we're kind of leaning on the garden fence talking about <laughs> everything, which is how I write. It's I chat to them and then I'm listening and 
And then, yeah, I'm like, okay, that's right about what you just, just told me a couple of hours ago when we were having a cup of tea. You see, that's that's my technique. Good, that's good. <laughs> that good is technique. very good. Because I'd imagine that even the biggest egos and the biggest music stars, there's a lot in common still. There's, you know, yeah. still going to have a They've lot got in this, common with them. Going to have the same sort of anxieties yeah. and I mean, full boys. Same, yeah, same All worries. The same. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would have thought with every artist you write, within a few hours, you're talking about mental health and insecurities and yeah. Yeah. people that have pissed you off and, and all kinds of stuff. And interestingly, the bigger the star, the smaller the ego. I swear. So, really? oh, I yeah, yeah. So I've so I've done two U two albums and some stuff with Bono, and I remember being like, oh god, this is Bono. It's da 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 da, and he's and he's literally like make, makes you a cup of tea and makes they, he made me feel great. Amazing. The really big ones, they have this they have this skill of making you feel really special, the special one, really yeah. quickly. So when you meet Bono, he just makes you feel great about yourself. He's just like, you know, I want to be was one of the greatest, this, that, and the other. And he's, it sounds like a night out. And it just was really flattering. Oh so God. you feel like, oh, oh, oh my God. Oh, okay. So as Kylie's the exception to everything, because she's just like the most wonderful human <laughs> being in the yeah. world. So she makes you feel wonderful. And sometimes it's more the artists and people in the middle ground where you have to, yeah. you've got to kind of navigate your way around them a little bit. But the big stars... They're, they're always sweethearts, from my experience. You they're always as sweet you, as anything. Yeah. You completely revolutionized my image of Bono. I, I, this is amazing. I, I, no I, I, I will take a bullet for that, man. He's just, <laughs> oh. I, I, I'll never get in the car with him again. Would, <laughs> <laughs> I've done that once, never again. Don't let him drive you anywhere. But um, I would defend him because, because yeah, so many of the, those kind of people, obviously, because you don't have a focused thing of what they are actually like as human beings they're yeah. sweethearts mm -hmm. they really are and he's the sweetest gentlest man i learned so much from him and so giving yeah, i learned yeah. so much from because i was just a pop kid and he just thought he was he's really clever at working who they collaborate because i i did that album more that you can't leave behind so i did that elevation and stuff yeah. like that with him and he just lets you go with it he's just trusting and he, and he just quite like that rub he's like like the rub of like wow the guy that did spice girls doing YouTube is really interesting because you get an artistic rub of yeah. Larry and the drums is a little bit like who's the fuck Spice Girls guy and everything but <laughs> yeah, then I, yeah. I, I then I'm like I'm going to win you over by making your drums sound amazing do you see yeah, what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. And, bon, and Bono knew that that's what that's they're smart they're but really so are smart. you 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 clearly have the personality type and the charm to be able to get on with everyone and go into a room and make the stuff work no matter who they are yeah yeah i guess so because I, I i'm not really genre specific so i'll do anything from susan boyle to marina and the diamonds and nelly goulding and stuff like that i'm trying to think of really cool <laughs> i've done some cool stuff <laughs> david, david gray i did a lot of stuff for david gray. oh cool yeah 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 i forgot recently that i had <laughs> I, was, I was talking the other day and I, I worked on this year's love and and sail oh. away with him oh, and uh i'd completely forgotten and a friend of a friend of mine was like this is love's my favorite song of all time and i was like yeah i helped juice that and he was like okay and i was like i completely forgotten <laughs> I, I was so busy for such this mad period of time that I'd, i forget sometimes that yeah i've done them or i'll hear them like oh this is oh, fuck it's something i you know <laughs> Honestly, or the other way around. This is too long. Oh wait, that was yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh god, <laughs> why? But uh, so yeah, I, I guess it's a. I, I'm wondering where that skill comes from, but I guess it. So much stuff goes back to childhood, doesn't it? Yeah. So it, it comes from having being fearless, and just being able to. Do you know what I mean? Just be mm -hmm. like, yeah, I can. Well, whatever. 
I can I can I can take on anyone really. Yeah, make it work. But, um, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. From a, from a production point of view, for if anyone mm. listening who doesn't know what a music producer kind of does, yeah, okay. Um, what are the kind? Of, I mean, you've sort of talked about you know you sit with the artists and you talk yeah. about the concepts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. When you you know you're booking out a studio for a month or two months or six months, wherever it might be, mm. what what's the kind of I guess initial processes and then how you know how does it work day to day? What are you what are you kind of doing? I think I think I'm everyone's different. Mm. different apparently i'm quite unique because i tend to write and produce everything i do as well so i don't like writing songs for other people i find that loads of writers do but i find writing a song for someone else or someone you don't know really weird because i I don't i wouldn't know what unless i'm with that person or i know them i wouldn't know Mm. so that thing of just oh this is a great song and i'll give it to blah 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 i can't do that and I guess there's a control freak in me wants it to sound how I want it in my head as well. Yeah. So not only am I writing it, but I'm hearing it how it should be. And also visually and how you've moved to it even. So I even get into that kind of stuff with some artists. But um, say it's very easy to say um, you're a record producer. So like to say that you're a doctor, you're this and everything, obviously you need these exams and stuff like that. And everyone can say, yeah, I'm a record producer. And they go, oh, what do you do? And they think it's just making beats and doing the music. I'd say that's 20% of it. Because the other, most of it is being like a therapist. Yeah. Really. yeah. It's, it's so much of it is dealing with their egos or dealing with, with, with their insecurities and their moods. And, and then also you have to deal with their management and the machine they're in and whether they're happy with their environment that they're in and, and, and with their output so it's it's producing is not just about sitting and sliding sliders and and, and smoking a spliff and you know being you know super cool and living in a warehouse flat and having this kind of like, it's uh it's it it's a lot of psychology involved in yeah. making a record and writing a song there's, there's a lot of stuff going on that you have to take on board um but uh, but for me it always starts with the mood of the person i'm with and how what we want to write about and then that would dictate then the tempo and the sound and the, the whatever it is so yeah it, it can depend on so example ellie goulding came down and i wrote a song called lights with her which which went on to be number one in america it was one of the biggest hits i've had that wasn't a hit in the uk which is a shame but it was a hit everywhere else yeah. and she went on to call her album lights and she i remember when she was coming down because i'm in my, my studio now at home which is the basement and she was coming down the windows to here and, I, and she i could hear her she's going biff 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 and i was like what she goes i want to write a song called lights i've got this idea of lights i think i want to call the album lights and i'm like i was like why what's so she was she, she was thinking about what to do before she's even through the fucking door sort yeah, of thing yeah, so yeah. i'm sort of sitting there and sort of had an idea going something playing about with a synth or something and she goes yeah when we when we were younger me and my sister we were really scared of the dark and everything and so we would huddle up together and tell each other stories and stuff like that and that was the, the genesis of that idea and so before we started said, so tell me everything about that talk about it and we make notes and, and everything and then it just came out. And then it's one of those, like a lot of the good ones, two or three hours later, Bosch done. Yeah. And, and yeah, it was yeah. just like a sort of, just sort of comes out, you know. So that happens. And then a lot of the other times, it's just getting to know somebody really well and just recalling something they'd said or just picking up their mood. 
Mm. You can just pick up their mood. And in the same way, they can be in a really happy mood. So I feel, <clears throat> excuse me, so I feel really strongly with pop music that it's not always about, uh, what can I say, the songy song. It's like a proper song that has to be heartfelt and heartbreak. It's like, well, no, not if the not if this girl band cam, comes in and they've been out partying the night before yeah. and they're just like, what? Like that. It's far more true and real to write a song about going nightclubbing and dancing to a DJ and fancying a boy than it is being writing some heartbroken, sensitive indie ballad, because that be, that's lying then. So mm -hmm. th I don't like yeah. this kind of thing where people think music always, uh, the, the, the truth of real music is being like Nick Cave, or like, it has to be as great as Nick is. Yeah. Opposite. Um, <laughs> he's my neighbour. Is he? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's yeah. Love, they're, love, they're, him, so they're really lovely. That's cool. Um, but um, it's not about do you know what I mean? There's this thing about proper music has to be like this and it has to be kind of broken and it has to sort of rip you apart and it has to be like, well, of course it does. And a lot of it is amazing, but also it's just as true to write an up-tempo disco song that just makes everyone happy and want to go off their tits at a nightclub. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. as real yeah. and as true. And that, that frustrates me sometimes. Oh, it's not real music. It's not, it's like, it is, it's yeah. as true as, because I can work with these artists that want to do that and you try and write something very intimate and thing and they, they, they don't want to do it because they don't yeah. feel like they're not feeling unhappy or feeling like that. They want to write something really up. If, if you're truthful, and this comes up a lot on yeah. the podcast, if you're truthful in your yeah. art or whatever you're creating, yeah. you can't really necessarily go that wrong mm. because you're, yeah. Yeah, you're staying true to yourself or whoever you're working with. Yeah, and I, I truly think pop music is an art, right from Phil Spector, yeah. right from back then. It, it is an art form. And, and and something can, that can make you feel. So one of my favorite songs I've ever written with Car is with Carly called Love at First Sight. And she opened Glastonbury with it, which was just like, wow. I mean, yeah, I can't, I mean, I can't even describe how that felt. But um, she asked, she told me that I was with her backstage and just was at the side and it was just like, <sighs> and, uh, but that song was just written. She'd just fallen in love and it was so true. The yeah. truth of it was just like she just. I just want to write a song about. Just met this person. It was just incredible, and and we just captured it. And again, in, in half a day, and um, yeah, for me that's like the purest pop song that I've written. That just everyone seems to love that song. It's quite simple, not much going on really, um, but it's true. Yeah, it sounds a bit wanky, mm. doesn't it? But it's no, like, no, not at all. I think it's same. Yeah. Like Jim says, the same for for most bits of creativity. If you're yeah. You're telling a truth or an, a, yeah. or a life experience as well, then people yeah. will buy into that they're, because they they relate to it and res it it's will resonate why, with them. It's why Adele's so enormous. It's yes, yeah. it's, it's, it's she's all she's ever done and still does is just say the truth, even if it's hurting her, yeah, and and and, and affecting her. That's her. She gets her truth out there, and that's probably apart from the voice and the personality. Because she's like a stand-up comic as well. I saw her thing the other <laughs> yeah, week. She's amazing. I, the thing, it's, and I'm like, what am I watching here? Somebody with brilliant songs is singing, or am I more excited about the stand-up in between? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. I'm excited, the total, complete package, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Um, but she, yeah, so when when you do that, and I think people, and it's beautifully recorded as well, and I think people, yeah, they, they're, they're sensing that, that it's true, even if they don't know and they're not going that deep. And not diving that deep into what she's saying you can just feel it can't you you can yeah. feel so the spice girls for me 
lots of people ask about that and i'll just i just recorded them how they it was just it, it was my interpretation of how they really were yeah they were just this ball of energy and stuff and so that again that was quite easy was it was it a different experience working with groups as opposed to solo artists in yeah. terms of the writing and that kind of stuff yeah the solo artists tend to get more um vexed and overthink things and sometimes they talk about themselves in the third party which has happened which I find really <laughs> weird. i'm not mentioning any names i have to be so careful but uh not fair. please tell us no 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 but uh but sometimes yeah so one in particular person would say oh but oh yeah but would blah 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 do that i said i don't know you're that person <laughs> <laughs> would biff would biff put that baseline there it's like, so, oh, so that's, that's, that's a kind of that's happened a few times, but um, so yeah, so I so I guess they because they have their their public persona, don't they? Yeah. They have to think of almost themselves as a separate person. That's quite weird in the studio because I'm just with this person writing a song, mm. but then they have to think about this other public person that they are. Do you know what I mean? I've worked with yeah. a few artists like Mar Mar Marina Diamond, who's brilliant. She good really beautiful and everything and i never really saw her as the pop star until way after i made the album and i was i think i met her after again i was like oh my god you're so beautiful you're so <laughs> <laughs> i hadn't she was anyway but when i saw her as the artist i was just like whoa this is this is and so that's another real privilege you have when you do what i do you get to know these people intimately and and mm. stuff and, and to do it properly you get to know them really intimately yeah. You get to know all their secrets and, and, and fears and feelings and stuff. And my job is to interpret them and then for them to leave happy, really. Yeah. Not not for the record company or for the fans to be happy. It's for them to be happy. And then for yeah. me, it's job done, really. Mm. And is that more difficult if it's a group? I'm, I'm thinking like, because mm. like Spice Girls was in... There's a lot of personalities it's, it's, it's in the room. It was a project, but there were there sort of manufacturers yeah. of pop group, and I guess the very yeah. five and stuff were similar. So, well, this is this is the argument we can have, Jim, because um, they they were manufactured, they were put together, but by some weird alchemy, like some bands, they became yeah. completely they were, weren't manufactured at all because they just magically gelled as friends so quickly. That, that no one had any influence over them at all. And that whole thing about one was posh, one was this, one was that, that was there right from the beginning. So when I first met them, it was like, wow. it's obvious that the blonde one will sing that and that just, you know, the one doing backflips, Mel will do that. <laughs> it was really, it was there right from the beginning. Wow. So it's, it's, and I totally understand why you say it's manufactured. So it's manufactured yeah. in the sense it came, the genesis of it was that machine, it came through management, mm. but 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 it's something it was something a lot more magical than that. It was something that some you know that weird thing with Queen and everything. You, if you heard them all sing individually, you'd be like, okay, well he's Freddie's really good, but you're, but when they sing together, mm. something happens. And it's like with the Spice Girls, they had this certain sound. It's very easy to say, well, Victoria couldn't sing. If I took Victoria out of the Spice Girls records and played them to, they wouldn't sound like the Spice Girls. It's really weird, yeah. just because of her tones not in there. Yeah. So um working with bands is it's exhausting. <laughs> it's harder. <laughs> it is harder. And with boy bands, I've always tend to use to work with the bad boy, bad boys. So it's always been E17 and five yeah. five. I mean I mean rock and roll to a point. I mean, the most rock and roll experiences I've had have been with boy bands. 
Really? Oh, yeah. Like TVs out of windows and stuff. Yeah, and physically fighting in the room. and Oh, and oh. Just, oh my God, yeah. Oh, my word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, it kicks off big time. Oh, oh with, with bands and, yeah, with, with pop music and you're dealing with egos, I guess, and, you do, mm. and, they're, and they're figuring each other out as well. So they're figuring out who's doing this and they might have an element of a success already and one of them might be coming through as the favourite more than the other. So, of course, then you're going to get the... Yeah. So the psychology is the, the watching it go on is like so my job is to sort of if there's one that's feeling a little bit like in the band feeling a little bit unnoticed a bit like okay well, i've got to find something good for them to sing and i've got to make sure that they're looked after and that when we sing it's not just the one with a really good voice that does all the singing all day because then they're gonna so you've got to give everyone their time and then mm, you've got to give yeah, them yeah. their the same amount of effort and and stuff so it, it's um it's great fun, and when, and when it comes together well, it's exciting. But man, you, you need to lay down afterwards when you do bands. <laughs> you physically, just need to like. Oh, just lay my, down. Uh, my wife Miranda is a was is a huge Five fan, massive Five oh, fan. Good. So, any anecdotes you can tell me about those? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to think of ones I can get away with. Um, uh, they they were pretty rock and roll. So they they. Well, for starters, they didn't really like each other from the get-go, uh, and they always came in a three and a two. Never they oh, came as okay. a five. They they came as a right. five once, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and then they came as a three and a two after that. And then there was kind of like with a lot of bands, there's always one kind of. So one of the five was quite neutral, and in the middle would get on with yeah. either side. They tended to side with a three. So there was a lot of that going on. Um, they <laughs> they uh, there was a lot of. Um, uh gaming and stuff there's a lot of this going on and them being quite like they weren't complacent because when they worked hard they were really good but also they were knackered you yeah. know because they're up doing tvs at six in the morning and they're together i mean don't forget these bands they're together all the time yeah just getting yeah. on each other's nerves like you're like you're with your annoying brother 24 7 on tour <laughs> and then throwing fame on top of that and a bit of money yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine what that's like? So well, there's a lot of waiting around, isn't there? I think that's the thing. I remember, oh, like, from, so much. and I've played in bands for years. You just yeah. like you go for a sound check at yeah. five, and you don't play till half nine, and you just yeah, sort of no, wait, you know, yeah. There's uh, so much waiting around. Yeah. I mean, think think Tom York's famous. He said it's ninety percent scale electric, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Make, making a record is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it shows his age, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's redating himself. Yeah, but maybe it's ninety percent Fortnite, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. For like for for like for like a modern modern band for PTS yeah. or something, but um, <laughs> but but it, it, there's a lot of waiting around and a lot of um, it's not a life I'd choose certainly not a life I'd choose um and and I've seen I've seen both sides of it mm. I've seen them be spat out at the, the back of it and I've seen them come out happy and fulfilled at the back of it so I get to see the whole journey good and bad yeah of all kinds of artists and which like, is really upsetting you know but Brian mm. Harvey is a classic example yeah you know well it must difficult. be if you got to know these people intimately over the yeah way. Well, you get to know them into and you have a relationship and 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 you're kind of you're kind of lovers really when you're writing a song together it's a very intimate thing yeah and then all of a sudden they go and then sometimes you you, you don't see them again mm. and then you just might see them on the news in a bit of a pickle yeah and you just think oh maybe 
because my mantra has always been write yourself happy. That's what I've done my whole life. Yeah. As I've written myself happy. And um, and you just think, oh, if I could just get you in the studio. Because that was my thing with Amy. I, I worked with Amy really early on. And I just remember thinking years before, sadly, she passed away, that just just, just get in the studio and write yourself happy. Just get yeah. use, use your talent to fix yourself. Yeah. And I just sadly I don't think she had the people. I don't know, but yeah. But um, but there's definitely an element of that that you can do, and I do see it in some artists. And I just think music could fix it. Yeah, because that must be their happy place in the studio yeah. doing what they love. Yeah. For most artists, it's especially the really busy ones. It's the best bit about being. Oh God, yeah. For me, yeah. Best bit about being a band has been in a studio recording. Of course, it is. It's 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 I the ultimate. People, people say people it? say live performance, and that's that can be fun, but it, yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, it's always been about being in the studio. Yeah, yeah. I just thought of a five story actually. As you were yeah. saying, that. I went, <laughs> I went, I, I went night clubbing with them. <laughs> Something I don't really do. And I went to this nightclub. And it was a place called Lily Bordellos in Dublin. I was living in Dublin at the time, and they were in the VIP bit, and we all through like this. And not only did I found out when I went in that there was somebody there that had been pretending to be me for over a year <gasps> to get in, which was really oh, funny. No, really. <laughs> um, no, he's already in here. <laughs> yeah. I look at, and, and also, I mean, you know, you meet me after two seconds and I'm a big old softie, but I look, I don't look like I am. And um, his face, <laughs> she's she, lovely Valerie Rowe that runs it. She, she introduced me and, um, this guy shit himself, right? and I recognised him. So he he soon scooped off. Anyway, so so I was with I was with five, and, and they thought they just they wanted uh, Joe from five wanted to sort of show me something. I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Watch this," and he so they kind of. I mean, the girls just the way that girls, you know, and 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 they just sort of told them these girls that I was straight and I was the producer and I'd done all this and everything and I kind of had this weird kind of mobbing thing of all oh. these girls and stuff and they just looked on and just thought it was hilarious and I was like, I'm, I was, in the end I was like I'm gay but what amazed me was is 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 that culture that 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 goes on with, with boy bands and with girl bands I've seen it the other way around as well mm. and 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 the way that that mag- magnetism that they have and that messed with them. That yeah. messed them up because you get you get the hierarchy of that. You you get one of them thinking, well, why does he get all yeah. the girls and he doesn't and stuff like mm. that? So you're dealing with that as well. So I, I experienced what it was like to be like well, a rock star, but I I saw that side of it quite dark, yeah, yeah quite yeah. disturbing. And they're young as well, really young, yeah, yeah. And and then you, and you just think and you get quite. Um, protective of these yeah. girls as well and stuff like that you're doing this is well, i was gonna really... say because I, I i this is one thing i do on the podcast all the time it's like i get a football analogy in somehow um it's just what i do but when you're talking about working in the studio and and, and being a producer and making sure yeah this this member wants to do this etc you're basically like yeah. a really good football manager you are a man manager and, and you're and you're trying yeah. to make sure that and I, I have used that analogy before but it's true you're you're trying to yeah. make sure that everyone's catered for and that's what the best yeah. man managers do and that's essentially what you're doing as a producer yeah you're doing that I mean, funny that you say catering you've got to make sure they're fed as well and they eat yeah, and yeah, yeah. there's literally everything you're, you're babysitting them yeah really um and then sometimes they go on to be, to, to be really successful and and, you, and then you watch not always but some you watch them change hmm. a lot of time for the better but sometimes for the worse and because you know them intimately you can't sometimes you just want to pick up the phone and go oh which I have done before, but you kind of feel like you can help 
sometimes. So sometimes you witness them in public having difficulties, you know. Um, and then other times you hear things in the press about them and you know it's not true. So that's really difficult. I've been with artists that uh, there's been stuff in the, the, in the newspapers over the years. I'm like, but they were with me yesterday. We were writing a song. They weren't. And then so you get a real, you get a real reality check of what the media can do. Yeah. You know, and I get them yeah. outside the house. And this, this. So it's, uh, it, it can be, I'm painting quite a dark, it's, it's the best job in the world actually, but I'm just painting quite, quite a realistic. No, but I think it's good for like, people to hear because mm. we just think it's like, you know, you think it's all rosy and lovely and it's like this amazing no. thing and it is amazing, but there, you know, there's, yeah. there's going to be difficulties. I wondered for yeah. you though, Biff, you're taking on a lot of emotion from other people and stuff. Does it have mm. an impact on you? Who do you go yeah. to? You know, have, yeah. you, have you got an outlet for it? Because that's a lot to take question. on. I knew that's his question. <laughs> you know us too well. Yeah, already. Um, so, so, yeah, no, I've had mental health issues my whole life. I've had several breakdowns. I've had two suicide attempts. I've had, um, that's a share. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's a, such a great question, Joel. I knew you would ask a banger. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it has, it does affect me. It still does. I'm, 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 I, yeah, it, it's, the pandemic's not helped at all yeah. with that. Mm. But so you're dealing with people's emotions and stuff as well. And then you think, well, what about mine? Yeah. Because when you, when you write a song, you like, you have to really go there. I have to. Yeah. I have to really, really go there. And, uh, and it can, it can, um, cause all kinds of problems so i had a whole problem with panic attacks and anxiety which is incredibly common i think with creative songwriters yeah i've i'm lifelong sufferer of anxiety. yeah 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 so that's so you learn to deal with that yeah. and of course when you're younger and you're successful you're, you're taking too many substances to, to disguise that so i had the classic problem of cocaine and rehab and i've been through again no regrets with it all it's part of the my journey but yeah but i've had i've had all, all these kinds of issues and stuff so yeah, I think there's definitely an element of, of uh, how can I put this? There's a slight element with not, my mum's amazing, was amazing, but there was an element of a kid of not feeling loved so much. Mm -hmm. So you have this kind of urge to want to make people love you a yeah. lot. Or you have, or to reverse that, you have so much love to give. You yeah. have so much in reserve to give. So when I work with people and, and my friends as well, I've got, I've got so much to give. And that can do the same thing. That can leave you kind of a bit bereft of your own stuff. So it's only really recently I've started to sort, to sort of learn to sort of um, take care of myself yeah. a lot because a lot of it was was just giving so much of myself. And that's, yeah. not easy. that's not easy, man. That's, that's real life skill to learn, isn't it, right? Yeah, it is. And because the impression I'm getting from you is you're a very compassionate person. That's what I was going to say. I get, a minute yeah. Ago. Yeah. yeah. And, I'm, and I'm getting that out. But as you say, yeah. that can that can be dangerous because yeah. the person you've got to be most compassionate to before anyone else <laughs> is yourself. And yeah, I'm still learning and, that. Yeah. And I think mm. a lot of people, I think a lot of people are very similar. And yeah. um, it's a yeah. hard, probably the hard, hardest life lesson to learn, I think. It, it can take a long time. It is. It is. I mean, sometimes like doing this is like a kind of cerebral workout, you know what I mean? For me, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I'm happy to, with you guys, I'm more than happy to talk about it. Um, but uh, it, 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 you know, it really is. And uh, 
when when you have something like the Spice Girls happen to you as well, which to I suppose to the outside outside well it was an overnight success. Mm-hmm. So I was 25, 26, a little bit older, and I all my dreams I'd ever had of achieving when I left home at 16 to you know, fuck off, Dad! I can fucking do this. I achieved them all ten years later, mm, yeah, but, and more. So then, that's a great thing. But you're also going to bed at night thinking, well, okay. So the, the guy who wrote all the Spice Girls stuff, we 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 were we met in a pub years and years before, and we wrote three things down on a piece of paper each about what we wanted to achieve. What was the ultimate dream of being a writer producer? And, and we wrote three things down each and swapped them over, and we've still got them. Wow. And um, two of them for each of us happened. Um, one of one of them was to have X amount of money, and the other one was <laughs> I'm not, I won't be obscene. The other one was to have a number one in the UK and America, and we achieved, we achieved all this within three years of knowing each other. Amazing. Wow. The other two were both people we wanted to sleep with that would never have happened. <laughs> there was no, there, there was no way in a million years Bob Hoskins was going to sleep with me. <laughs> but I mean, I put it on the list. You can um, only try. Yeah, you got to put, put it out there. You got to manifest it. You got to put it out there. Um, so I thought, you know, you got to put one outside thing on the list. Uh, <laughs> um, but but we achieved it really quick, and. Um, it's amazing for 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 your sense of achievement and your career and everything like that. And financially, it's amazing. But at the same time, man, it fucks you up. Mm. You know, you're not even 30 and you've literally achieved everything that you've ever wanted to achieve. And, and what I had to do was realise that, okay, with this, I can do what I love for the rest of my life. That's how I, that's how I dealt with it. Instead of just going like, oh, I'm going to go and do this and buy this and live and be this kind of, I was like, no, 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 that's wrong. I don't, that's not what I want to do. I just thought, actually, because of this happening, I can do what I love to do for the rest of my life. And I think that's the biggest gift I've ever yeah. got and, and given myself. You know, I could have burnt out. I could have gone all kind, down kinds of routes with it. But um, by this time, luckily by this time, I'd cleaned up as well. I was clean, and and so my experience of of um, of uh, post post breakdown and and post uh, a rehab was was great success. So I guess mm. I was really lucky because some obviously some people get the opposite of that, yeah. and, and it's very sad. So I um I relate coming out of rehab and uh, drug abuse with great success on all levels. So, but at the same time, I had to deal with that. That's the mm. thing to deal with in itself, you know. Um, so it was literally like achieving all your dreams and winning the lottery in the space of a year with the Spice Girls for, for me. So God knows what it was like for the five girls. Yeah. yeah. It really makes you think what it must be like for an artist. So it kind of fucked me up. Yeah. So God knows what it does to them. Yeah. It's really complex. Fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it's because yeah. of the speed of it, isn't it, as well? Yeah. Because yeah. it is, like you say, it is overnight. Yeah. It's, it's... Yeah. Yeah. They shone so like bright in... for three years, didn't they? They burned yeah. so bright for three years, which is the best kind of pop. There must be yeah. a little shock about it as well. You must be in yeah. a state of shock. You, you, oh, but this is actually happening. Yeah, you can't, but you don't believe what is happening. And you get, you literally put your head in the pillow at night and you're just like, you're just yeah. like, yeah. I mean, I remember there was one time, <laughs> there's, one, there's all these weird facts, but the guy I was seeing at the time, I've only had a few relationships and the guy I was seeing at the time, bless him, Sean, he was, he had four children and uh, 
so I was kind of like bringing up his kids with him and stuff like that which is which is which is such a I feel so blessed that I had that experience and I still know them very well yeah. but there was one time when he was like he was a bit rich is what he you know people really close to me called they he said you need to go and pick up the girls from school and I was like well, I'm busy I'm in the studio and he said um no you've got to go and I was like shit something's happened or something's happened to him so I yeah. went to pick up the girls from school and it was a day where you could come to the school an all girls Catholic school and you could dress as whoever whoever you wanted. You know those days, the last day of yeah, school, yeah, like yeah. mufty days, we'd call. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah, yeah. Every every single one was a Spice Girl. Oh. <laughs> so I picked them up, and then and uh, yeah, there was like five hundred Spice Girls there. <laughs> and then that was that's when I was like, "This is going nuts. This is just this is crazy." Well, that's, that's when you realise that you haven't just like yeah. written hits. You've like changed the cultural landscape yeah. of the country which, forever. Which is, which is, which is, yeah, which is kind of like the, the ultimate dream, I guess. Yeah. Um, Will Young recently said about oh, one of his like the sort of national anthem for for gays. You know, it's like the, it's like the gay national <laughs> or something along those lines, which I thought was as flattering as you can get. Really, mm. but yeah. but um, yeah, you, you and you've got and also at the time when you write it, you've got no idea that you're doing that. Because the pressure, if you thought, I'm going to write this song that's going to, you know, that's how it works. Yeah. So um, you're dealing with a lot of shit, yeah. Good and bad. Yeah. But you're, you're dealing, you know, it gets a little easier as you get older because you can look back with a lot more pride. Yeah. Which I couldn't do for a long time. I didn't listen to it for a long time. But because you're just, I was on that thing about my dad's still. I was racing forwards. I was just mm. 200 miles an hour. Mm. Then I got to early 40s and then just start, I was like, okay, breathe. Look back, it's like, oh, I did all right, you know. And then you, <laughs> literally, okay. yeah, yeah. So, then I was literally like that. And I thought, yeah, I think I'll buy a nice house now. And all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I didn't even spend. I didn't spend any of the money for, I don't know, fifteen years. Wow, freaked me out. I was so guilty about it all, champagne socialist and all that thing. I was so paranoid about, yeah, growing up in this quite, you know, left thinking. My mum's probably, you know, and that's so how you get guilt from that. All the you know all the classic ones well thank you for being so candid about that because it's a very difficult part of your life and going back to sort of how we started i guess music continues to be a bit of a refuge for you you know if you're in those difficult moments yeah 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 because we we did the the disco album with with kylie last year so just as the pandemic hit we'd already started making this record called disco which is which was up and happy anyway. And um, we started together in, in this room actually. And then obviously everything went how it went. And so we, we, we wrote remotely for a while. And the reason when you listen to that record, there's not one ballad, it's everything's up. It's like a party in your head record. It's, and that's why. So I had my therapy for the mainly, the, I would say the worst part of that first six months, which mm. was horrible, was, was making them, um, a really up-tempo dance record with the, the nicest artist in the world so <laughs> i was really lucky and also everyone was going like oh lockdown or isolators like i've sat in the room on my own for 30 years yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've had the part I've, I've, I've trained for this <laughs> you know what i mean don't yeah. worry i've got this um so i a lot of us and a few other producers are like it's kind of what we do every day yeah. anyway sit in a kind of thematically sealed room on your own yeah but it's funny actually i spoke to a producer friend of mine recently and um similar kind of conversation about um mm. lockdown he said he got back to just mixing and he just said yeah. i loved 
just mixing albums. Like he mixed, yeah, um, yeah. I think he's, he mixed Snow Patrol's last album, and nice. he just absolutely loved it. Just uh, he said, oh, yeah. "I want to do more mixing now." You know, it's really like, good. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I I got so much done, and I got stuff finished that I wanted to do. I redid my studio. I rewired all the synths and, <laughs> and stuff. The only weird thing is learn to write some someone on Skype or something. That's a yeah. If you know if you know them well, it's all right because yeah. you've got that connection. But as you've heard with me, it's all such an emotional thing. It's quite hard to do it. So there's a couple of new artists I've never met that I did it with. And I was just like, I don't know what to, yeah, yeah. I really know what to do because I need to sense how you're feeling. And it's, yeah. it's quite difficult writing songs, but I kept myself really busy. And then we did the Kylie album and then we did the Kylie live thing, which was really exciting. And then I went on to do quite a lot of other stuff. So it's been, uh, and, and again, it feels at the moment with this Omicron thing, we're all at home again everyone's cancelling all the everyone's cancelling their sessions and stuff yeah. apart from all the young artists they come down they've all had it or they're all superhuman <laughs> aren't care. they they're, immune, they're, all like, yeah. they're like when they all come down i'm like no you're not no, no. you're not, not going to do that but uh, another interesting thing that i did try um is a good story is uh about eight nine years ago i thought i'm going to join a gym because i'm spending all this time being sensitive and being kind of like you know drawing from my emotions I think I think I kind of kind of want to do what's the complete opposite of this I want to find something that kind of that isn't about this mm. my heart and my emotions and how I'm feeling and stuff so I took I did I did the gym thing which loads of people do so I'm in I'm in the gym uh and this <laughs> this lovely friend who's gone on to be one of my great friends this guy Tom came up to me and he went that's really heavy what you're doing. I'm like, what? Like this. I was doing like an, an, overhead, an overhead press, you know, like an overhead yeah, yeah, press. Yeah. And I was over, overheading about 80 kilograms or something, just repping it. And he went, yes, you're really strong. I went, oh, thanks. You know, like I hadn't really done anything. <laughs> yeah. And he said, oh, you, should, you know, I'm a coach and everything. And do you want to blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, that sounds, that sounds good. I'll take that up. Next thing I knew, get really into it. Yeah. Changes my body as well. So I get a kick out of finally being sick because all producers of my generation are fat bastards because we've had pieces because there wasn't deliver rule yeah. so we're working to yeah, we're working yeah, to yeah. like your friend i don't know how old your friend at big slope but oh you, you, stupid you, hours like finishing yeah, stupid hours morning. Yeah, yeah, the world yeah. of analog and everything but everything's shut apart from kebab and pizza yeah places. exactly so yeah. that's why we're all fat bastards so um <laughs> we literally are all big boys so I thought, oh, this is good. So I'm feeling good about myself as well. I'm doing like that and everything. My dad came from a kind of traveler background and he was a boxer mm. and um, well, no boxer. And he, uh, so I kind of had this kind of natural strength, traveler strength or something. Yeah. It's quite brutal strength. So I got into powerlifting. So that's the next thing oh, I did. Amazing. Right. So I get into, get into powerlifting and then typical me really get into powerlifting. <laughs> properly get into it to a point for about two years i'm still making music and all like that but i got really obsessed with it and got quite good at it and ended up competing oh did you oh, oh mate seriously wait wait <coughs> um <laughs> such a chat to this one and so started ended up competing for my age so with powerlifting it's spd so it's like squat bench and deadlift so you're doing all this stuff and everything and i was doing i did well and my first competition I did, I broke the British record for the bench for my weight and age because it goes by your size and by your age and different yeah. 
like leagues and stuff so yeah. everyone can compete I broke the British record without realizing <laughs> oh on God. the bench just did it and my coach at the time was like just broke the British record <laughs> and then I got really into it put some more on put some more on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah like Bruce Willis right? yeah. but it was it was a little bit freaky strong where some of my friends were just like you're a bit weird and um but I just got really into it and it was making me feel great I was getting mm. that rush of the thing and also I was doing something I wasn't really getting judged judged by and 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 the community of powerlifting and and that kind of world of strong men as well it's really really um inclusive incredibly inclusive they don't mm. give all all they care about is whether you can pick well yeah. I think those kind of sports like rugby strong man and everything they're the most in, in, inclusive sports in the world yeah. like there's there's a couple of really famous company going strong men it's just like and do you yeah. see what I mean yeah yeah and uh and powerlifting is the same for girls and guys um so i felt so i thought i suddenly made this new crowd of friends i had friends that weren't famous and weren't do you know it was this really weird world of just people and all they cared about was could biff lift this up and that they'd be a bit cheeky about you know the odd thing with work but it was they they didn't really care what i did and i found that weird that was really refreshing yeah but sadly uh, two years ago it was august the 18th uh 2019 I uh, I went, I was at the British, the UK championships and I went for the record again. I broke the record, thank God. And as I celebrated, I had a heart attack. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, Jesus. I went down. Yeah, I, I went, I went, I went down. Yeah, I probably was like, yeah, oh, oh, oh <laughs> okay, down. Christ. Fortunately, yeah. Fortunately, um, there was enough big burly men to chuck me in the back of a taxi. And this is in Bristol. So I was away from home and away from my husband as well. Mm. So poor Oh, oh god it was over yeah, then he just got this call and had to race to bristol from brighton um but i i was uh, within 20 minutes that they because what had happened the bar had come down i think there was a bit of plaque and some problems with my heart anyway they've since found it's all good now i'm in good shape yeah but um the bar came down and when i had an echocardiogram few weeks after the woman was like how what were you doing when you had your heart attack i said oh, i was bench pressing she goes, i've only seen this in the only time i've ever seen this is people that have had car crashes and their chest has hit the steering wheel because oh, what yeah. it was the bar because you push your chest up and then yeah. you bang it back up and it, and one of the arteries my ventricles collapsed oh, so my heart right. stopped and um let's make it sound dramatic but it was at the time yeah. and so they rushed me into the incredible hospital in, in bristol and they put a stent in, but they didn't knock me out. They just went in while I was awake. Oh, Jesus. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had to go in, ah. in through my wrist and they had to do the thing. And then while I was awake, they had to stop my heart. And, and oh. they do, you know, a stent's like a thin yeah, thing yeah. that they inflate. And so I had this moment of just feeling like I'm going. And then, it, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm fine now. Oh, it's man. like, just go signs. Oh, <laughs> it's just like completely. Yeah. And I uh, two days later, I came home. It was oh. just... So you can imagine how I feel about the NHS and stuff and yeah. all that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just just literally saved my life. It was like a, a um, yeah, it was it was life changing. Yeah. Um. So I've gone through this whole thing of um, when you have a near death thing, and then you're a songwriter. <laughs> it is true, you know. Yeah. Flowers are bright. The colours are brighter. The sky is bluer. The yeah. sea is more. The simple things are more beautiful. So I, I've kind of had that in my life in the last few years as well, and that's really affected my songwriting and how I treat people and how. So that was a big. That was so possibly a mistake to think that 
you know, going to the gym would help me. Oh. <laughs> the equilibrium of being not too sensitive and just bringing it down. And then because the, <laughs> yeah. I, I just love that ju- juxtaposition of like writing a song and then, but the, the, and then that evening lifting up something really heavy. It was so yeah. brutal, such a primal thing to do. And yeah. I thought that was kind of a nice balance, which it was really. Yeah. But I, I went, typical me, I went too far. Too far, but yeah. Yeah. So, so I, w- I went through that and, um, Man, that that changes your outlook on a lot of things. Yeah, you know, in a good way. I found some really good positives from it. Slowed down. I uh, I thought about things properly. I took my time more with things, and you, you, yeah, you just think about the people you love and, and and what could have happened and stuff. So, I've I've got a lot of positives out of it actually, and I'm healthier. As yeah. well, I eat healthy and everything. It was just like a warning shot, I guess. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah. Your body yeah. is sort of saying, look, you know, you need to really. Love, yeah. 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 And then, the other, and then, so the other thing that, so then after <laughs> I took, I've always done it anyway, was street photography, which I think Giles have sent you. The yeah. Job. It was amazing that shot you took in Seaford. In yeah. Fact. yeah. Well, I'm around, I'm around oh, your wow. manor quite a bit. I've got yeah. a bit obsessed with Seaford. Oh, it's a great place. <laughs> I, might oh, you have to come... I might end up being your neighbor. You know, yeah. I often dude, sniff come... around. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll grab a coffee next time you're in town. Yeah. Yeah. We should. Yeah. Well, Charles um, basically so is the Seaford Tourism Board. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I do really love it, man. I really I've lived it. here all my life. So it's, you know, I've, you, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I 44 years. I yeah. love that. No, I really like it there. Cause I, I, so I did this thing where I started walking locally in Brighton and stuff. And I just started meeting people. So, street photography, there's two types. There's quite kind of like, um, I don't know how well, much you know about it, but it, sometimes it's like a bit going on a human safari where you're trying to take pictures. Yeah. But I actually, I, I actually make eye contact and talk to them and stuff. So a lot of my stuff is quite, they're knowing I'm doing it, but a lot of the yeah. time they, they're aware of me, but they'll carry on with their. So it's just like photographing the human experience really. Yeah. And um, so then I started in Brighton and then I thought, all right, I'm just going to do coastal towns. So I started off, so I'm, I'm, I work about three, three days a week, sometimes four, unless I'm on a long project. And then other days I just go out for the day on my little adventure with my camera. And I go to like Worthing or Eastbourne or Seaford oh. and everything. And I just don't meet all these really interesting people. What? And sometimes the more you do it, you meet the same sort of interesting people. Like there's a couple of lovely guys called Jimmy that I photograph a lot. And he's in the pub and you get to know them and you get these relationships yeah. with people. Yeah. And that's so fulfilling for me. The South you know. Coast is a fascinating part of the country, I think. It's yeah. sort of, you know, yeah. I think particularly this, Brighton's more affluent and, and it's got it's yeah. cooler. And it's a, you know, it's mm. a university town and that. But when you go yeah. along the other way, yeah. you know, there's quite a lot of deprivation and they've kind of, mm. you know, they're old tourist traps yeah. that have kind of, all, you know, like Eastbourne even is not what yeah. it used to be with regards to people going. So you get these very interesting yeah. characters that have kind of like, you know. It really there. is. Yeah. And then you go, so you go right across and you get to Hastings. Hastings, yeah. It's just, just so bohemian, isn't it? Yeah. And then you go even further. So either way, it's fascinating. So I've become obsessed with that. So I've got something I'm obsessed with that I think is not going to kill me now. <laughs> so, <laughs> unless, unless I get, I don't know, unless somebody mugs me for one of the cameras yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah, I'm not exactly. sure. you photographed the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard that a few times, but I normally start, again, I'm fearless, I'll start it. I've, I've, uh, there's someone else I know who's done, uh, does that. And yeah, they, they, they strike up a conversation with someone and then they just, you know, sort of mm. politely say, can I take your photograph? But it's that conversation and that interaction. Yeah. Which yeah, is the nice yeah. part of it. You know, obviously you yeah. get, you can get some yeah. nice photographs, but and that's the, yeah. the artistic part of it. But just having a talk interaction with someone, thing, yeah, but with someone you don't know and just hearing about their day and then trying to capture that moment with them is a really. I think you follow Jim Mortram, who's my favorite. Yes. My great, he's one of my great friends and oh, okay. one of my yeah, favorite, yeah. one of my my favorite photographers of all time. 
and um so he's my mentor actually I'd oh say. okay um and he's obviously documented austerity in the most incredible way you should have him on man he's yeah definitely yeah, yeah he sounds great yeah yeah he's such a beautiful human being um but yeah so that's the other thing i found and there's not a big difference between writing a song and, and photographing a stranger because you've that. got yeah. yeah it's it's very there's the, the aesthetics thing there and there's that but there's also that emotional connection with them which i i really like so that's my new thing it's obviously yeah. been a big theme of of this episode isn't it that that connection with people and yeah you yeah. know creating stories and hearing yeah. people's experiences and stuff which you know obviously you, yeah is a big part of what what um inspires your music but also yeah, yeah like inspires all the kind of creative things that you do yeah i'm always doing something creative i'm always singing a stupid song about everyday things it drives my husband <laughs> so he'll just say one phrase about something he's cooking and then like there's an earworm song for about 10 minutes. It's like, if you sing that once more, you know what I mean? If you sing about cauliflower cheese once more, that really I do this. Annoying. I do this with my kids. Yeah. So I used to walk my youngest. He's, he, he, he's quite pleased now because he walks to school on his own, but I used to walk with him and then we, I'd just be singing songs to him all the time. And he's just, yeah. you could see he was just like really pissed off. But I loved it. <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, chocolate and chips, my first yeah, ever song. Yeah. We, should, we, should re, we should revisit it. I definitely think you should. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll teach you it so you can play chicken. It's brilliant. It sounds great. Oh, Viv, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank oh, you so welcome. much. It's Thank been, you so yeah, no, much. It's been really, really good. There's one more question I'd like to ask you, though, before we yeah, go. Yeah, ask away, man. Um, if you could now, you've you've named quite a few big artists and stuff. But if there was, yeah, yeah. if there's, I guess one artist alive or or dead, oh. um, that you would love to have collaborated with, or um, you know, recorded an album with, or even just written with, or been in a studio with, even who, who would that be? I mean, and obviously you've spoken about Bowie. I was going to say uh, it's the obvious one, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. There's always more than one. I suppose for voices, it would be it would be. Aretha Franklin. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, that voice. Yeah. Um, Nina Simone. So yeah, those from Nina, the voice yeah. of Karen Carpenter. So them as voices, but Bowie just to listen and learn and to watch, and stuff like that, you know. And I guess modern day artists. I'm I'm, I'm obsessed with Robin, the Swedish. I, I love her. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know, and we're kind of friends, but I haven't written with Max Martin yet. I know Max Martin's like the god of pop. Yeah, yeah. Um, people. I think it's so incredible how he's kind of like the second most successful songwriter of all time now it's incredible after McCartney it? and most people yeah. don't know who he is it's yeah. incredible and, and am I right in thinking he came out thing. of like kind of the metal scene as well in, yeah he was yeah. a rocker with yeah. long hair and he was yeah. in like a rock, proper like you know, yeah like Swedish sort of thrash rock. band sort of thing yeah, yeah but he was obsessed with Bon Jovi I think yeah. <laughs> still absolutely <laughs> still is and, and yeah. really yeah and but can just write he's just the greatest songwriter he's just dropped this new weekend album today and he's got like eight songs in it just casually drops the yeah. You know oh the God. biggest artists in the world, um, so he obviously he he would be amazing to do, and and, and but a lot of time it's just someone with a great voice. I just would love to sit in a room and record their voice. You know, would yeah. be really nice. Uh, New Order as well, I guess. Ian <laughs> Curtis, yeah, yeah. Not that he not that he collaborated. <laughs> imagine, <laughs> imagine me and Ian Curtis. <laughs> I love I love I love Georgia Vision so much. So. Yeah. Oh, Max Martin was around, work, started working around the same time as you, did he? Did yeah, you? around about oh. the same time. He was, I think, just after me. So he is a guy called Dennis Pop that mentored him. And he and they were doing Five. And then sadly, Dennis passed away. And then he, um, Five came over to me to work with me. And then 
that's when Max was learning his trade. And then he he's big. He'd done some stuff with Robin, mm. and then he he'd written um, "Hit Me Baby One More Time" yeah. for yeah. TLC. TLC turned it down, and then the guy at Jive oh. said, oh, we, we, "Yeah, right." And, yeah, uh, we've got these other artists. Oh, be curious. <laughs> it would be curious to hear, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> it would be, that, yeah. That's another whole <laughs> podcast talking about famous songs that. Oh, yes, that I know all about all those. There's so many. That's a great uh, idea for a there's podcast. Some, there's some amazing songs that should have been for other people. Well, let's oh. we'll do that one. We'll start off. Yeah, let's yeah. Do one yes, I've got, that's got, such a good yeah. idea. Um, but so yeah, so he wrote that for TLC, and they're like, no. And then the thing at Jive was like, yeah, I got this new girl called Britney, blah blah blah, and, and that's it. And then and then literally just done everything since. It's relentlessly wow. brilliant. I think he's I think he's way over a billion sales of. Oh, that's crazy. I, I I did listen to a. Um... Yeah, podcast about his writing technique because I think he mm. they got into a bit of he obviously had loads and loads of hits but then started to sort of lose his way a little bit and then started yeah, working with, and then sort mm. of moved his collaboration sort of group mm. larger and they was using other kind of instruments. Um, yeah, I think he had some personal yeah. stuff as well and he just yeah. had a bit of a break and stuff and then he just came back with like Kelly yeah. Clarkson yeah. since you've been gone. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, yeah. He came back with he came back he he had a break for seven or eight years and then came back with um. Uh, like I kissed a girl and all those Katy Perry it just yeah. came back oh, with yes, all yeah, that the Katy stuff. Perry stuff. Yeah, 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 just sickeningly brilliant. Like oh, I, I sort God. of love and hate him. And he's so yeah, brilliant. yeah. He's like he's like my leader. He's like the leader. Yeah. If you're if you're pop, he's like the leader. He's like the yeah. boss. I was going to say um, like when you've got someone like that and you're you're churning out these hits here, do, do you do they drive you on? You, is there like an annoyance? Not, or is there like no, a sort of look up to them and think I'm going to. You know. No, I, I don't. I've, I've never really been like that. It's more like it's more just a huge respect for him. Really, mm, I mean, yeah. I, I he's also got a team and he's got this whole kind of like not factory, but he's got this whole yeah. conveyor belt of writers and stuff like that. And that's something I, I just never wanted to do. Right. I'm not saying I'm as good as him, but I never wanted to do that route of being a really corporate yeah. songwriter because for me, as you've heard, it's very much a personal thing. Yeah, and it's yeah, about yeah. relationships. And I'm not sure whether Max does the same thing at all, but. But um, but no, no, I don't. I don't. Sometimes I'm jealous for five, or sometimes I hear just something. Just, I really wish I'd like that, but that's mm, healthy. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah it'd yeah, be yeah, weird if yeah. I wasn't like that. Yeah, great song's exactly. a great song, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, um, so yeah, no, he's he's yeah, he's he's God as far as I'm concerned, and so humble, just ridiculously gentle, humble person. Oh, amazing. That Swedish thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, look, speaking man. Of, you're, speaking you're... of Swedish things, sorry, I'm going to embarrass Charles now because I was looking at your discography on the top, and uh, mm. so you work with Alphabet, and so I was mm. saying to Charles, "Oh, I loved Alphabet." I've heard about, I'm so far. I saw never them at the forum in Tom with Wells, and he was like, "Who's Alphabet?" I was like, "Who's Alphabet?" I know, man, I'm sorry. I've heard <laughs> he said they're Danish. Yeah. <laughs> oh, are they? Oh, I was close. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. No, they're, they're part of that Scandi thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, I don't want to end the podcast on the alphabet story. Well, okay, let's end it on the alphabet story. <laughs> um, we got the date. We got them. They're lovely. They're so lovely. They're so oh, lovely. Amazing. And um, they they were coming. They came to the house, uh, but they got the date wrong. And I, I wasn't there. My husband answered the door, and they got this thing that they do apparently. And he answered the door, and they all went in harmony. Hi, we're Alphabet. Like that. <laughs> oh my god! Yes. <laughs> right, and then my husband's favorite band is like Iron Maiden. <laughs> Although he loves Kylie now, and admitted to buying the first price, uh, he, he was just like, um, "I'm not there." Okay. <laughs> looks a bit like me, like. <laughs> yeah. And they were like shit. And then we got the phone call. So it's not that. It's next week. You got the day wrong. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and I they're brilliant. That. That's yeah. I've got hundreds of stories like that. 
We'll do a version two one day. Well, oh, my yeah. well, my second out the second single. So I obviously got Dead or Alive. The second <laughs> single was Can I I'm Play so with? Can, yeah, I know. But my second single was Can I Play with <laughs> with Madness by Iron Maiden. So you know, Can I Play with, <laughs> with Madness? madness. So, yeah. n- now that's Cam. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah. I think it's like <laughs> Iron Maiden is so Cam. Oh no, so many galloping bass lines. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what else? Shout out to Love, great podcast as well. We just sat with you and we just reeled off artists, and you went, They're nice, they're nice, they're not nice. I would love they're lovely, they're pricks, they're great. 30, like 30 years, 30 years. This is funny, isn't it? Because I call them cab driver of questions. So if you make yeah. the mistake of telling a cat, I don't anymore. I'm a, I think I say I'm a computer operator. But you make the mistake of t- telling a cab driver what you do. They've either, a, they've either got a niece that's a singer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got yeah, a tape in your car for you. Yeah, they always say tape, not tape. But yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they either say that or they say who you work with and would I know it and stuff like that. And I'm quite lucky because then they, they, usually, they usually do. But um, I forgot where I was going with it now. <laughs> I completely forgot where I was going with it. But um, yeah, they, they always ask the same bloody questions, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Like cab drivers. Sorry, I lost my thread then. No, like, don't oh, worry. About artists being nice, <laughs> artists who are nice, artists who aren't nice. Yeah. So that yeah. So the question they always ask is like, oh, no, who's wanker and who's yeah. Who's <laughs> yeah. Like, we we yeah. all want to know who's a wanker, don't yeah, we? That's no, <laughs> yeah. In thirty years, I've I've asked one artist to to fuck off to get out. Quite famous, and <laughs> that was quite early on. And then in the last four or five years, one other one where the a and was here as well, American artist, and I just went out and I said, like, this, you've got to, because this person was just making the people yeah. I was working with cry. <laughs> so, oh, no, yeah. Was... To be fair, that's quite a lot. For, for 30 years, that's not bad. Two no, it's, yeah. not bad at all. No. Yeah. Two people, you know, when we're not recording, I'll tell you who they are. If you... <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, I'll tell you in a minute, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you do. I will, I promise. <laughs> Oh, Bev, it's been honestly, it's been such a joy Thank to talk to you, so man. Much. Yeah, Thank you. it's been great. Pleasure. Yeah, no, it's real pleasure. No, no, oh, the such a fan of what ours. you do. Oh, well, thank oh, you. I really admire what you do. Well, and same, same yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank yeah, you, that's man. been brilliant. There you go. Biff Stannard, a.k.a. Biffco, on The Blank Podcast. What a fantastic guest. Uh, just ideal for uh, episode 150. Some fantastic stories. Uh, just, I mean, just what, what a track record in the industry. It has basically changed the music industry forever, essentially. Um, and yet has done that while being one of the nicest, most compassionate and interesting people you'll meet. So... The perfect recipe really for not just a perfect guest but a perfect human being so thank you biff so much for being uh, our 150th guest yeah it was just such a treat to talk to biff and what yeah just so many amazing kind of anecdotes and stories and and life-changing moments he's had so yeah just a real tr- treat to talk to biff and that he was so candid with us about some you know some difficult times as well yeah um, so we, we really appreciate that and it was yeah it's just lovely to talk to biff and yeah, I hope that I can grab a coffee with Biff sometime in Seaford. I want to see some of his um, his photos. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd love to see some of those. 
but just what a talented person they can sort of like pick up anything really mm. and give it a go and 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 succeed in it and i think that's just a real real life skill really that you can just sort of crack on and uh yeah i'd yeah. love to see him again for a coffee i think that, yeah uh, yeah i'm hoping you might person. take a picture of me because i need some new headshots <laughs> well it's a candid one if you're walking down the street sort yeah. of like album art style yes <laughs> he did send me a couple of pictures and they looked, were awesome actually really good so he's obviously again very talented at photography as well so just a talented creative and uh yeah real a real joy to be around so yeah it was a lovely conversation so thank you so much for coming on yeah and thank you Biff, for your honesty as well mm. you know and candidness so again as i said at the start that's what makes this podcast really so we really appreciate it so yeah fantastic guess hope you enjoyed that as much as we did mm. for our 150th episode because uh yeah that was fantastic i would like to giles if possible do a mm. shout out to one of our patrons i know we mentioned oh, yeah, the patron at the top and we've done a bit, bit of extra patron content this week um as ever for our patrons with biff um with a great alphabet story in there um and at the top we, we we did a bit of extra content on you and me sort of reminiscing over 150 episodes as well and i thought i would do just do a random shout out to one of our patrons so i'm just gonna say a name are you ready yep sean williams well thank you sean what a lovely name lovely name <laughs> uh lovely person very a recent joinee of the patron fantastic um so thank you sean for your support and all our patrons we do us we do appreciate yes it. we do um there is one tier at the moment it is five dollars slash four pounds slash wherever you live it will be converted um and for that you get an advert free version of the podcast and you get extra content on each episode as well so if you like the sound of that please do sign up at patreon.com which is p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash blank podcast and do you know what? Some of the extra stuff is really, really good. And I'm not just saying that. You know, it's not just us like asking one extra question. There's loads of stuff in there, so it's, it's yeah. really worth. It's well, it's worth weird because out. we we do send sort of we keep the the patron question for the end. And there's something about when you've chatted to someone for a while that the guests quite often feel a bit chattier and more open mm. up and stuff. So we had quite a few. Yeah, extra bits at the end, but they're a bit annoying really sometimes because you think oh, I'd like <laughs> to leave that in the public version. But anyway. <laughs> Just, just sign up to the is. Patreon, and then we'll be exactly, back. and then you'll, and then you'll, uh, then you'll see what we're talking about. But anyway, thank you so much to, to everyone. Thank you to Biff. What, what a legend! Thank you to all our listeners for helping us get to 150 episodes. Thank you to our patrons, and thank you, Giles. You know, for being on this journey with me uh, to 150. Yeah, well, thank you, Jim. Couldn't do it without you. Indeed, we are a partnership and a team. And uh, here's to 200. Yes. Well, the next 150. Oh, well, yeah. We'll, we'll stop, stop at 200. No, sorry. We'll keep going. Next 150, which is 300. Good yeah. enough. And then 450. And um, we'll just keep going in yeah, 150 yeah, yeah. segments. So I wonder when we'll get, I guess in theory, another three, three and a half. We might get to 200 years. this year if we really rattle them out. We'll do a few extras. We'll yeah. do a few. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll just okay. do loads of extras. It's <laughs> constant, constant content. Yeah. Because we, oh, we want all your advertising. We want, we're want. we trying to get to 200. We're trying to get to that 200. Yeah. And who will be our guest then? We don't know. Who knows? But if you stick around and subscribe. I never say that. If you subscribe, yeah. uh, then they'll drop into your inbox or your app as soon as yeah. they come up. Uh, and then we'll see who's going to be guest 200. But until then, enjoy the rest of your week. We're back next week, of course, with another episode. Uh, stay safe. Take care. And we'll see you again soon. Goodbye.
Would you like me to? This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.